All right, well, my name is Dr. Light, and uh, I am an assistant professor of biology here. Maybe you have had me maybe in concepts of biology or environmental science or something like that, right? And if you haven't, well, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just kidding. Uh, so today I'm uh, kind of piggybacking off of, if you were here yesterday, um, Dr. Gentry talked about uh, stewardship, and he laid a really great foundation of what uh, stewardship means and why uh, we're called to, to steward things. And so uh, I'm going to build on that foundation and I'm going to focus on waste and justice today. Uh, so let me start a little bit with, you know, I think it's always good to put my cards out on the table and kind of tell you where I'm coming from, right, and, and what my worldview is. And my worldview says that uh, I believe that we are called to sacrificially care for God's creation, uh, that that's a, a high call for, from him, and that uh, when we look at our uh, abilities to do that and what we've done, uh, it doesn't look very good, right? That we've had a profound impact on the life support systems of earth, and that that causes problems for things that are living. And, uh, and so, We'll kind of unpack that today. So starting in the Bible, it's always a good place to start, right? Uh, it, you know, we see right there in Genesis 2.15 uh, the call, right? The, the first call of humans. And that it says, God put humans in the garden, right? To kill, to, to, not to kill. That was bad. <laughs> ah, I've already messed up. <laughs> to till and to keep, Right? It's not easy being up here, people. You get up here, right? So till and to keep the garden. Wow. Uh, the word for till is avad. The Hebrew word for till is avad, which uh, means to, to pr protect and care for, to bring into fullness, right? And then the word keep, the, the Hebrew word for keep is shamar, which means to safe keep and protect, Right, and that God shamars us, he safe keeps and protects, and so we shamar what's in our care. As we move forward in the Bible, we, uh, we get into the prophets, right, of the Old Testament, and they clearly articulate this connection between our sin and the, and the fertility of the land, right, and how those are connected, and that when there's sin involved, uh, the marginalized suffer, right, because of this idea of hurting uh, the fruitfulness of the garden. And then we get to Jesus, right? We like Jesus. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. I love Jesus, right? So that's good. And Jesus tells us uh, that, that what we do to the least of these, we do to him, right? He connects our love of others to uh, the love for him, right? And so we are supposed to love our neighbor sacrificially, right? And then in Romans 8, Paul talks about the fact that there's this uh, connection again between the sin that we have and, and the earth, and that the earth is crying out for justice, right? That the earth has been subject to our sin, right? And that uh, there's consequences for the creation. So all these passages speak, all these, these parts of the Bible speak to our role and responsibility to join Christ, Right, and bringing about justice uh, in the context of creation and bring about justice to those who've been subject to injustice. Right? 
And so really what we're called to do is reestablish shalom, right? Justice and peace. That we're called to join God and bringing creation to a place where everything is in right relationship with everything else. Okay. And so then we also have this, you know, other thing that I love. Science, okay? And not everybody maybe loves science, but I love Jesus and science, so that's kind of fun. And uh, so what does science tell us, right? Well, science is the study of God's creation, and science tells us that, uh, you know, it tells us how to care for the earth. It tells us how the things work together. It's kind of a report card, right? How well are we doing with this whole idea of justice? How well are we doing with tilling and keeping the earth, right? And when we look at the report card, it's not good, okay? We're not getting a passing grade, Right, you guys know about that, right? College students, right? <laughs> Passing grades are good, right? We need to pass, right? It's good to get that degree. Uh, we want to pass, right? And so we're having a profound impact on our life support systems, like I said before. And so what is the evidence of that? Well, just thinking about it in Minnesota, you know, some of our, our lakes are contaminated with trash and waste and different heavy metals, uh, degraded air from transportation accounts for about $1 billion of health costs just in Minnesota. Okay. About a quarter of the world's farmland is degraded, right? leaving the rest, three quarters of the world's farmland, to kind of up the ante to service the 70 million more people that are arriving on the planet every year. Right? And so that is hard. And then when we look at it uh, in the context of people, we see that the poor, due to their limited resources, due to their uh, limited power, carry more of the burden when it comes to these environmental issues. Right? So they end up suffering more because they don't have the ability to kind of overcome some of these things. Right? And so we get injustice, right? So yesterday, Dr. Gentry uh, talked about waste, right, in general terms, and, and so I want to kind of take us a little step further uh, and kind of give you some context of our waste, right? So it says up here on this, uh, this nice little infographic, right, that we produce, in the United States, we produce one cow's worth of waste every year, each person on average. I don't normally say this, but I'm 37 years old. Okay, so now you know. Okay. And so that means that I have 30, I've produced 37 cows worth of waste. That's a lot of cows, right? That's not the kind of cows I would like to have. I would like to have the cute, furry, cuddly ones and not the waste ones, right? And so I have this herd of cows, right, that is waste. Right, not so good. Trash cows, right? We don't want trash cows. Right, and then if we look down at the bottom there, we see that uh, the United States each year produces 1.2 million whales worth of garbage. Okay, so that's a lot of waste, right? You know, whales are pretty big. I don't know if you know that, but biology lesson, whales are big. Okay, that's a lot of waste. Maybe you don't need to take my class. Now you're good. You know the stuff. Right? So why is that a problem? It's a problem because 
This stuff doesn't go away. Right? Much of the waste we're producing will outlive us. Right? Some of it takes a long time to go away, and some of it never goes away. Right? So we got a lot of junk around that is just sitting out there. Right? And the problem with this is this waste has to go somewhere. And unfortunately, the distribution of where that waste goes is not equitable. Okay? Meaning certain people have to live around waste and certain people don't. Right. So we, we talk about that being injustice, right? So this is a pretty uh, a sobering slide, right, in the sense that people of color are exposed disproportionately to environmental pollution, right? 56% of the population near toxic waste sites. Anybody want to live like a, by a toxic waste site? You know, most of us want to live by like the lake or something. How about a toxic waste lake? That'd be, you know, great home values, right? Our people of color, right? 56% people of color, right? And, you know, if we're in a position of privilege, the temptation is to, to kind of try to explain this away, right? Because it's uncomfortable to think about stuff like this, right? Uh, but we can't explain it away. Here's another, another one. Okay, so here we have, this is the Twin Cities, and it's, uh, the, the graphic here is minority and lower socioeconomic populations. So when you look at the darker colors, okay, the darker green colors, that means more minorities, more lower socioeconomic status. And then when you look at these colored dots, that's not happy things, unfortunately, uh, those are Things like landfills, hazardous waste sites, Superfund sites. I always thought Superfund was kind of a, a bad uh, naming. Uh, Superfund sites are like the worst contaminated place in the world. And um, we call them Superfund sites, so they kind of sound good, right? Superfund, let's go there. Um, no, don't go there. Uh, and so, you know, you have all these uh, toxic waste sites, petroleum leaking sites, uh, and if we look at where those are located, right, they're located in those minority places where there's higher minorities, where there's higher uh, socioeconomic, or lower socioeconomic status, right? Makes sense, unfortunately, right? Because if you have lower socioeconomic status, you have less power, right? You have less ability to leave that place. Some of the waste that we have, we burn, okay? And, and in some ways it's good because we make energy out of it, but uh, where these incinerators that produce a lot of pollution are located, again, are in these minority neighborhoods. So this one is the Herc facility in Minneapolis. It's in North Minneapolis. It's a, a waste to energy generator. Uh, and again, uh, if you've ever been to North Minneapolis, high numbers of minority people, right? A lot of contaminants coming from that, that place. So we talked about recycling the other day, and I, I always am a little nervous to bring this one up because I think recycling is really good. And like Dr. Gentry said, it's a no-brainer. We should definitely recycle, okay? So hear that. Recycle, okay? However, 
it's always good to understand what happens to those recyclables, right? So recycling is great. Uh, unfortunately, the things that we recycle are not equal. Okay, and so when we think about plastics, right, plastics are recycled, uh, they're what's called downcycled. So you can't take a, you know, Coke bottle, a plastic Coke bottle, melt it down and make another Coke bottle. Okay, so what you have to do is you melt it down and maybe you make it a yogurt container. And then you melt that yogurt container down and then maybe you have like a fruit container, you know, you'd have your grapes in or something like that, or a plastic bag, right? So it's downcycled. Okay, most of that downcycling happens outside of the U.S., okay? So we take our plastics, we ship them across overseas, uh, and then uh, a lot of times in those countries, there's less laws in, about uh, child labor and things like that, and so children sometimes are used to sort the plastics, okay? So... Um, it's important, right, to remember what happens to this, that trash doesn't just go away, it goes somewhere, right? And so we want to make sure that our recycling is equitable as well, right? We want to be recycling, but we want to make sure that it, it is equitable, right? And so reducing our waste and understanding these things is really, really important, Right, it's under you know, uh, it's easy to just put that thing in the trash and not think about where it goes. So, what do we do about this? Right, I don't want to depress you the whole morning. Right, well, let's have some positive positivity. If you talk to my wife, I have a hard time with positivity. I'm not um, a very positive person, unfortunately. So I've been working on that. That's my journey. Right. Trying to be more positive, okay? So let's, let's, let's end on an uptick, right? Let's be a little more positive. So what do we do? Well, we have to first care about what's in our possession, right? We have to understand uh, what we have and care for it, right? Uh, I, the easiest thing for me to manipulate and work with is what I have, Right? is what is in my realm of, of control, right? And so the first way that we can impact this kind of waste problem is getting rid of that cow, right? Maybe we want it to be like a sheep instead of a cow, right? You get my, my drift there, right? Let's reduce the cow, right? Let's make it smaller, right? So now we get trash sheep, right? And so... Uh, we're going to produce less waste. So, so, you know, let's think about that. How do, we, how do we do that? Right, well, do I use a reusable water bottle, for example? Right, do I buy things with less packaging? Right. Do I buy things that have been recycled? Right, because that closes the loop. Right, that tells the consumers or, or the producers that we want recycled things. Right, and then I, then I can uh, you know, have choice in what I do buy, right? So buying things in metal and glass as opposed to plastic, right? So if I have a choice between a can and a plastic bottle, I can pick the can because the can can be recycled indefinitely. The plastic bottle can't, 
right? And so I can make that choice. I can buy things secondhand, right? That reduces waste. My whole outfit here is secondhand, isn't it? It's a nice outfit, right? 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 You know, this is, you know, I had a different life before it came to me, but now it's mine, right? And so, and it was a lot cheaper as well, uh, which is important, right? We don't get paid very much here, so we have to, no, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, right? No, I, I really like buying things secondhand. I mean, where are you going to get big red pants, right? You don't just get, find that stuff, you know? Thrift stores. That's where it is, thrift stores, right? It's where it's at. You know what, you guys are college students, you know what I'm talking about, right? Thrift stores, right? Right. Amen to that, right? I bet Jesus would have shopped at a thrift store, for sure. Uh, and then we can, you know, here's a real, like, this is, I mean, this is earth shattering right here. This one right here. Get ready for it. We cannot buy things. What? We cannot buy things. You know, do I really need to buy that thing? Yes. Right? Especially if I'm going to buy that thing and then, you know, two months later I'm going to throw it away. Right? Do I need that thing? Is that really... Am I trying to fill my life with stuff, right? Is that giving me comfort and stuff, right? We're very big on that in the United States, right? It's about what you have and what you don't have and, and all that, right? And so, you know, here's a, again, earth-shattering. Should we buy it? Do we need to buy it? Is, why am I buying it? What's my motivation, right? What's, what's coming behind that, Right? Some other specific things that we could do uh, here at Northwestern is, you know, if you were here yesterday, uh, you know that we have this brand new club uh, called the University Sustainability Initiative. Anytime you're going to have a club, you always want a really cool title like that. So just for future reference, that's my advice, cool title. United, I mean, University Sustainability Initiative, that just sounds really cool, doesn't it? It sounds like you're like doing something official. And so you want to connect with those. Some of those uh, students will actually be here tomorrow kind of sharing their thoughts. Um, they're in the, the alternative chapel. So come, come out and hear from your peers. Right? The other thing that we can do is you, you've heard yesterday that there's kind of new recycling initiatives. There's uh, composting coming in, in the, um, later in the semester, uh, which is so cool, right? It just, like... We get to do what nature does, right, and just recycle things and then grow things from them. Right? I have a compost bin. It's kind of one of the most fascinating places at my house. Right? We just throw this stuff in, and then later on there's dirt. I don't get it, right? <laughs> this happens. I mean, I do get it. I'm a biologist, so I get it. But, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Right? So you can uh, kind of be a part of those kinds of things. Right, you can, there's a lot, a lot we can do. So I want to kind of, you know, here's the a, here's a thing about advice. Anytime you're speaking in front of people, always bring other smart people into your talk. So that way, that way it's not all on you. Like it's like, see these smart people say stuff, right? So that's a little bit of advice for you for when you're speaking, right? So here's some smart people, right, and um, some popular people, right? Tim Keller, most of you know Tim Keller, right? So here, here's what he says. He says, 
If you're trying to live a life in accordance to the Bible, to the with, I don't know what that's going on there, but with the Bible, to the Bible, right? The concept and call to justice is inescapable. Right? We do justice when we give all human beings their due as creations of God. Doing justice includes not only the righting of wrongs, but generosity and social concern, especially towards the poor and vulnerable. Then Eugene Cho says, Justice was in Jesus. He reflected justice in how he lived, how he loved, and how he welcomed the stranger, the marginalized, the leper, the widow, the prostitute, and the sick. Jesus reflected justice in how he approached the powers and systems of his age, how he confronted religious leaders, how he embraced, welcomed, and empowered women. Whoop, whoop, right? And how he confronted ethnic biases and prejudices. Okay? Here's the thing, people. Environmental justice is political. I mean, it's unescapable. It's political because environmental injustice is coming from broken systems. Right? And so when we talk about broken systems, it's political. Okay? These broken systems are causing injustice. It's not right that certain people would have waste in their backyard that they don't want to have and certain people wouldn't. So it's not right. Right? And the thing is, we don't get to sit this out. We don't get to sit this out. Right? Because we're called to care about those broken systems. We're called to to speak out against those broken systems. Right? We're called to break down injustice. Right? That's our call. We don't get to sit that out. Especially if we have the power and privilege to do so. And so it's important that we understand how this relates together. Me throwing away this piece of trash, that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. And I need to know the full narrative. I need to know the full story. And to make sure that that story is a good one and not a bad one. That's what I'm called to do. I'm called to care for others, right? I'm called to care for this planet that supports us, right? I'm called to care for the things that God cares about. So last thing here. I always like prayers. (laughs) Prayer is good, right? Is it not good? Okay, okay. I'm like, wow. This is Northwestern, right? We pray, right? Right? So, so I'm going to do something weird. This doesn't happen in churches very much anymore. But when I grew up, this was what we did. We're going to pray this together. Pretty cool, right? All right? So we're going to pray this prayer together. So I'm going to, you know, I'll start and then you just kind of come in. Okay? We can do this, people. I believe in us. Ready? Here we go. We confess our sin and the sin of this world. Clinging to the values of brokenness, we lay waste to the land and we pollute the seas. Have mercy on us, heal and forgive us, setting us free as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Amen. Right? Amen. <laughs>